The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good night. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Joining me this morning is Paul Van Remortal. He is the Senior Product Manager at Stand... Here I am, StandUnited.org. StandUnited.org. Just like Uber and Airbnb disrupted the taxi and hotel industry... StandUnited.org has disrupted political activism and leveled the playing field for conservatives. Paul Van Remortal leads the team responsible for Stand United, working to make all more involved in our communities and beyond by creating online petitions. Well, that's about as far as I'm going to go. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Paul. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you uh, tell us first, let's give a definite, what is StandUnited.org, um, the organization that you are affiliated with, that you are the product mm-hmm. manager? This is a whole, mm-hmm. it seems to me, a whole, I don't know if it's a new concept uh, in terms of what you're doing, but it is new for, as you say, con- conservative political agenda or for mm-hmm. the conservative right. political agenda. So what is it? Right, right. I mean, really, the, the concept is very simple. Um, I mean, we're, we're an online petition platform. Um, you know, petitions as a way to, to you know, request or, or redress a grievance, you know, with, with the government, you know, goes you know, way back, thousands of years. Um, online petitions, you know, have, have really, um, you know, started, you know, picking up steam, um, you know, over the last decade, uh, with the, the rise of, of uh, digital tools and, and social networks. Um, and really the, the, the first out of the gate and really the, the bigger, more well-known uh, petition platforms you know, really cater to the liberals and progressives and you know, sort of folks on, on that side of the political spectrum. Um, and you know, a site like change.org, you know, 100 million users worldwide. Um, so Stand United uh, really is is filling the void on on the on the other side of the political spectrum, and really giving uh, giving supporters of limited government, free enterprise, um, you, know, you know, individual liberty, uh, their own platform. Uh, to to rally you know around you know around their issues um, you know in some cases counter a petition that might be on one of the the liberal sites and say look you know we you know, we want our voice to be heard as well and you know really you you get a lot of you know publicity around uh, especially like some of the some of the cultural issues. 
um, and and the the, the voice on you know for the center right audiences really was being drowned out. So standingnight.org is 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 filling that that void and, and acting as a countervailing force. Okay. So in doing so, how does it actually work? I mean, how does it work if you want to have a voice, as you say, mm-hmm. on the other mm-hmm. side? And I'm probably mm-hmm. on the other side, so I'm, re- you know, it's a, it's a really interesting concept. But take it from mm-hmm. the beginning. So, what would one do? Like, take some kind of a uh, maybe what you said a, a conservative issue that you uh, mm-hmm. stand there that you would not feel that was getting out there the message. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. How does that work? Yeah, um, and really, it 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 can be on any issue. I mean, let let me just you know clarify that. I mean, we uh, you know at Stand United, we don't uh, you know we don't uh, editorialize. You know, we're we're not we're not here to like you know pick sides. Um, it's just that our you know our audiences you know tend to be center right. So um, we, we have a number of petitions that aren't political at all. And and so you you could come to Stand United and and start a petition on literally any you know any topic you know anything that you that you felt strongly about passionate about and and wanted to you know try to try to organize um, you know an online and a digital grassroots movement so it's it's very simple to use um, you know, you you can come to StandUnited.org um, you can you can sign the petitions that are already up. And you know, it's, it's very simple. The, the petitions they are right there, uh, front and center. You can you can um, you can look at, look at them by you know by topic, um, or you can search keywords. Um, so you can come. You know, anyone can come sign petitions that they're interested in. And then to to create a petition, so it, it, it's it's free. Um, anyone can come um, create a petition, um, no cost. Um, and really, it's it's a matter of of. Filling out, you know, a few fields. Um, you know, obviously, you want to give some thought, you know, to okay, what, you know, who, who am I targeting? Uh, who am I petitioning? Um, you know, who's the decision maker? Um, and you want to, you know, you want to write your petition in a way that is, you know, that is, you know, persuasive, um, you know, logical, but also respectful. Um, mm-hmm. Add an image, oh, yeah. an image, stop, or yeah, you know, a short video is great. That was- yeah, I'm going to interrupt you because I think that's an interesting point. I mean, you go to the website, standunited.org, uh, mm-hmm. and you want to mm-hmm. maybe write a petition or there's one there that mm-hmm. you want to sign or that you want to get involved with. Now, who is, let's say you want to write a new one and you say it has to be respectful, written in a certain way. I mean, who is the watchdog for that? Are you and a committee or what? Give us, I always like, as you know, as a social worker, I guess, just give us a, a topic, for instance, one that may be approved and may one not be approved, or how does that work? Well, other than our content guidelines, which, you know, no, you know, no harassment or, you know, vulgarity or, you know, personal attacks, um, you know, other, other than something like that, that might, you know, just be just sort of off limits because it sort of violates, you know, common decency. Um, I mean, we, we don't, we don't approve the petitions. I mean, anyone can create a petition on, on pretty much anything. Um, and then you know the so a couple of the steps i mean once once you've created it on stand united and then you want to share um you know maybe on facebook or twitter or you know, wherever you wherever your social network is um you know email you know start with like your friends and family 
Um, and, and so you want to go out and, and, and find supporters. Now, the, the, the nice thing about sites like Stand United and, and Change.org is they, they have these, these large you know, user bases, right? So, you know, obviously with some of the bigger ones with you know, tens of millions of people, um, you, you get a lot of exposure. So, you know, a lot of people see your petitions, but then through, through sharing and through using, you know, the, the digital tools, um, that's really what can, can enable a, a petition to, to really take off and, um, and really maybe go from, you know, a couple hundred signatures to thousands or maybe tens of thousands. Um, and then, the, and then the other big key is getting some publicity. You know, um, you know, we tell the our petition creators uh, to to use the media. Um, you know, go go contact your local paper. You know, talk radio. Um, you know, your your local TV station. Um, you know, t- tell them about your petition who, and why you created it, and that's that's newsworthy. And and we see that the the media you know write write a, a lot and talk a lot about. Um, about petitions that people have created. So this has been, you started this, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we launched uh, in, in early 2015. And so, I mean, it's obviously relatively new. So, uh, and again, I'm getting back to, like, some of the, a topic that, and that someone has presented, because it's really has been a short period of time, like a topic that they've come to you, get a petition. How many people have you actually gotten to sign the petitions for maybe one particular project you're talking about? And then what happened right. in the media? Did they pick it up? Yeah. I mean, you know, the major right. papers. I mean, well, we, so we've had over a thousand petitions signed, like just in our first year, um, uh, 500,000 signatures. Um, so really, the topics you know cover you know cover the full gamut. Um, I mean, a couple of our you know popular ones are um, a, a petition for term limits for members of Congress. Yeah, it was like over thirty thousand. Um, we we had a we had a very popular petition opposing the the Common Core you know education standards. Um, we've had you know we've had pro second amendment uh, petitions we've uh, you know we have one up there now working with the Amer- American Medical Association on on some medicare uh, reform issues um, so it's really you know really runs the gamut um, you know some of the some of the really interesting petitions have been um, you know in the, in the local um, you know sort of community level um, I mean we've had We've had high school students start petitions on a couple different topics. Um, you know, there's there's been a recently there's been a debate in uh, the Fort Worth um, school system over their transgender bathroom policy. Um, so I mean, you know, almost three thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that and that's really a good example. Um, I mean, whichever side of the issue you're on, you know, that's a good example where you can mobilize people, you know, you, you, you have a, you have a process now that's very easy to use, um, a, a, a petition that, you know, you can access it on your phone. I mean, everyone carries their phone with them. So, I mean, you could literally, you know, go register your support, you know, or your opposition, you know, to an issue, uh, very easily and very quickly. And, 
and the decision makers, you know, whether you know it's a school board member, you know, or a superintendent, or a mayor, you know, or a member of Congress, um, you know, they they see all of these all of these supporters, you know, they they see that and they really take notice, and 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 so that that sort of mass you know support or that that loud voice, you know, really does have an impact on the decision making process. So these online petitions have really made uh, political activism available to all of us, as you say, on your television, on, uh, not, not mm-hmm. on your television, on your phone, on your uh, iPad, whatever mm-hmm. it is, on your PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all can get, it gives everyone the opportunity to become involved without having to become a lobbyist. Yeah, right. And, you know, <laughs> our, our sort of our... Our, our model of government, I mean, the, you know, the sort of way our system is set up is very much based on the, 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 the special interest groups, right? So not just the lobbyists, but, you know, they're, they're, there's an association for everything, right? I mean, there's, there's the, the oil and the corn and the coal and the gas and, the, and then mm-hmm. literally every, every group, you know, sort of stakes out, you know, it, its position on various issues. And, and they're very influential, um, because they're, they're, you know, they, they spend a lot of time and money <laughs> out in Washington, DC. And, and so they, you know, they very much are, are, you know, entrenched in the process. So what, what we're doing is basically trying to remove, you know, that, that process, that special interest decision-making process and, and really open up open up that, that, you know, those, those channels, uh, to, to anyone. And, and so that's, that's where the, that's where the disruption comes in. I mean, we're, 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 we're trying to take the, the, the middle man, you know, out of, out of, 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 of activism. So what about results? Can you give us an example of results where there have been changes made? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, so there, and there, there are. Um, there, there's a section of, uh, of of victories up on the site, and, and so you can see some. But I mean, there was a there was a, a metal a medical um, tax repeal um, through Congress that that one of our petitions um, helped push through. Um, about a year ago, there was a, a big debate in uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, um, over the uh, Confederate War uh, Memorial. And, you know, a group wanting to remove it first started a petition, you know, but then supporters started their own petition and it, it, it quickly overwhelmed the, 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 uh, the petition to remove the, the memorial. And that, and that was picked up, you know, in the, in the local media. And, and that really, that really influenced the, the debate as well and, and really, you know, really, um, uh, you know, poured, you know, poured cold water over the, over the, the movement to, you know, to, uh, to remove it. Um, we've had, you know, we've had several policy debates where, um, you know, even though the, the like the, the the legislative you know issue is not fully resolved yet, we we are we are influencing the the debate by by telling whether it's a member of Congress um, or 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 the administration uh, that there that there are people on this side of the issue, and 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 their voices need to be heard. Um, there, there was. Paul, who uh, uses? Who, I was just going to say, who uses? I mean, do you know have any? Do you trace like um, follow like the demographics of those who use the site? Uh, I mean, college students, 
uh, older people, uh, people who perhaps were never necessarily engaged in politics before because they didn't really yeah. have the means I mean, to really, feel that they really had all the, means. the above. Um, you know, different uh, different petitions, different issues. You know, will will attract um, different demographics. Um, you know, so as I said, we've had we've had a number of um, younger, you know, even even high school, you know, age age folks, um, you know, start petition. Um, we've had, um, you know, if it's if it's like a Medicare um, type issue, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna tend to be older Americans. But really, it's you know, it's 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 cutting across all different demographics. So how have you made, how do people find out about you? I mean, and what have you done, like, in terms of marketing? Uh, this, a lot this, of talk well, radio. This, yeah, a lot of talk radio, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so, uh, I <laughs> mean, a talking. lot of, uh, you know, a lot of what we do is, you know, is, is through, you know, through the Internet and, and digital, um, and then a lot of media outreach, um, um, op-eds, um, and, and some, you know some other uh, some other print um, you know uh, publications, um, talk radio as I mentioned. Uh, we go to we go to a lot of conferences as well. Um, you know where where there are um, grassroots activists, and so yeah, I mean part of. Uh, you know, building up a you know a, a platform like Stand United and a and a brand. Um, a big part of that is is making sure folks you know know about you, and and make sure people know that you know there's there's an alternative to uh, to the to the liberal progressive um, petition sites out there. But that's an, that's an ongoing process. So when you say you go to different, you go to group conventions, those kinds of things. So are are you the person mm-hmm. who does that? Do you go? Yeah, and do you have a team? Um, I, t- typically, I go, and 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 some of our staff um, um, will 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 often uh, attend as well. Um, you know, some of the some of the conferences are more political. You know, like like a CPAC. Um, some are more for you know like grassroots professionals. Um, and then, you know, we also do a lot of outreach to, uh, to advocacy organizations. Um, you know, they, they, they use petitions to, you know, sort of help grow, you know, their advocacy base. Um, so it's, it's a lot of different things. Um, um, you know, we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're trying to, to really spread the word just to, you know, the, the, the average citizen that, you know, th- there's a place where they can come start a petition, you know, no cost. Um, we, we make it very easy to, you know, share the petition. Um, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, we'll click one button and you can share it on Facebook. Um, and, and it just, all, really all you need is, is an issue that you're passionate about. Well, this is, I was going to say it's the future. Actually, it's now. But, I mean, so the old way of right. doing things, whether you're a conservative or you're a liberal, I mean, walking door to door and having people sign petitions is sort of out the door, isn't it? I mean, who's going to do that? Well, right. And 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 that obviously very, you know, very laborious. Um, now, there there are still, in most states, you know, to, to get like a ballot initiative, you know, to, to get something put on the ballot, you know, they, a lot of, that hasn't fully gone digital yet, uh, just because it, it can be, it can be harder to, uh, you know, to actually verify the person and to make sure that there's no, you know, Fraud or, or shenanigans going on, but uh, but yeah, I mean, other other than that, I mean, 
the, the petition as as a tool for for you know digital activism um, is I mean is really amazing. Um, you know, I mean, you you can. I mean, how else would you reach thousands of people? You know, in sometimes in a matter of hours. Um, you know that you, you would you would have to hire you know so many canvassers to, to physically you know get those those signatures that you know, it would it would be cost prohibitive. But I think another piece to that is if you're uh, getting people to supporters and signing petitions here in the United States, your website uh, is, is a website that's, you know, global. So then other people mm-hmm. in other countries uh, also have access to all of this mm-hmm. information as well. How does that work in terms of signing petitions? Right. Uh, we are focusing on the, the United States for now. Um, you know, we would, we would really like to, um, you know, expand probably first into Canada, you know, and, and, and then maybe Europe. Um, and yeah, because the, the, the tool, I mean, it, you know, it, it, it can translate really into, you know, into any, um, political system, any country. Um, and, and, you know, we certainly think that, that there is there's a need in other countries the, the same need that 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 we have in the United States, you know, for a for a center right um, platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, someone from another country could they they can go create you know a, a petition right now. Um, we're, we just haven't focused any marketing outreach you know branding um, outside of the U.S. yet. Are there any laws that govern this? kind of, you know, setting up these kinds of petitions? You say, like you say, engaging people from other countries um, or not? I mean, is there any overseer for this kind of, yeah? Um, Well, not as far as just the the online activism. Now, other countries, and Canada is actually one that has very strict um, electronic privacy laws. So, you know, if we, you know, if we were really promoting the site in Canada, for instance, we would just have to make sure that, you know, we are, you know, we're meeting all of the, um, you know, specific sort of, you know, personal privacy, you know, requirements. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we take that very seriously and we have, um, you know, very, you know, stringent, uh, um, you know, safeguards and everything in place. But um, other, other than that, I mean, you know, as far as having, you know, uh, folks from, you know, Europe or Australia come, you know, come to a site to, to use petitions. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing I'm aware of that, you know, that governs that, um, you know, beyond the, you know, the, the, the requirements that would, that would apply to, you know, every web- website. Right. So. So in terms of your mission, how do you see this as growing? Because as we said, and I'm kind of reiterating, it's a year and a half, mm-hmm. two years old, very young, very mm-hmm. new. Um, mm-hmm. Is there a direction it's taking or, you know, that, you know, um, for the future? Well, we, we, are, we are very much um, building, you know, the platform, you know, in, in the in the direction that we, you know, that we set out to initially, which is, um, you know, creating a, an open, you know, online organizing tool, um, for, for center right audiences. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we want to be, you know, the place where people who, who just don't 
feel comfortable at change.org because of because of all the, the viewpoints and and uh, stances on issues there. Um, that, that they will, that those people will you know, will feel comfortable and and at home um, on standunited.org, and you know they they may see a, a petition on one of the other sites that they flat out oppose, and and they want you know the other side heard, and and Stand United um, you know will be the the place to do that. And I'm assuming you're the only one, the only. Um Online place that we that one could go to, um, mm-hmm. if for I, I'm saying conservative, you what did you say? Kind of middle of the road conservative or to the right or whatever um, that represents mm-hmm. that group or that ideology. Yeah, yeah. We we are we are the only open petition platform. Focusing on center center right audiences, so so that means um, a- anyone can come create a petition, you know, on, on any topic. Um, we are, we, you know, we're not an advocacy organization. You know, we're a we're a technology platform, um, and and so you know we 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 could have conservatives um, who have a different you know different stances on, on an issue and, and, you know, they, they, they could have their, their petitions up, you know, side by side and they, they may not, you know, agree on everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, for now, at least, um, you know, Stand United is, is, is the only open petition platform for center right audiences. So Paul, how do you make your money? How do you keep the thing going? How does that work? So we. I don't work mean your salary. With, you don't have uh, to tell me. <laughs> yeah, we 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 work with um, organizations. So so we have um, sponsored petitions um, where an, an organization um, you know is 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 trying to get advocates on their issue, and then we help we help them promote their petition, and and so and so that's how that, that's how we um, have our have our income. And whose idea was this? Was this your baby? Was this your idea? Or how did it all come to pass? Well, so um, Stand United is owned by Intermarkets, um, which is a which is a digital media firm, and uh, we we had the idea at, at Intermarkets several years ago um, to to build the the petition platform, um, and uh, and so the the, you know, the 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 entire organization um, you know got behind the idea, and um, you know put. Put some resources into it, and uh, and and here we are. <laughs> and what's your background for this? Your um, I, I worked yeah. up on Capitol Hill. Um, I, I was a I was a history and political science major in college, um, and I spent almost seven years um, in the U.S. Senate and U.S. House. Uh, and then I got into technology, um, into um, you know, websites and 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 digital tools, um, and so it's a sort of the you know the convergence of of my public policy and and technology backgrounds, and uh, you know they, they they sort of came together and uh, uh, and 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 that's great because um, I, I love I love both um, and. Uh, and so this is uh, this is exciting because it's I mean it's such an exciting time I mean there you know there's there's so many uh, you know so many new technologies um, that that just make 
communications, uh, you, know, you know, so much easier. Um, you know, we, we can do, you know, we can do things now that, we, that were almost inconceivable, you know, 10 years ago. And, and for online organizing, you know, that, you know, that means you can, you can literally build a movement, um, you know, very quickly and, and you can, you can really, you can really influence the, you know, the debate. Yeah. I mean, it's very exciting work and uh, it, we have, it's been a half hour, so we have to end the show today, but um, I want to mention the website again, and if you have any other websites you want to direct people to, uh, do that. But standunited.org is where we can go to get the information uh, about what we've mm-hmm. been talking about, and obviously there's a lot more on the site. But, um, mm-hmm. thank, yeah, great. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Paul. Well, thank you, Catherine. It was my pleasure. We are going to have to take a short break right now. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Uh, joining me this morning is author and poet Julia Fox, and I also believe she has a master's degree in psychology as well. We're going to be talking about her new book, and then there were three, 67 Letters to Sasha. When gay marriage was legalized in the United States on June 26, 2015, it appeared as though the last major hurdle for LGBT rights was finally overcome. While this is a major milestone in the journey for equal rights, there still is a long way to go before global tolerance can be achieved. Uh, Julia's autobiographical memoir documents the challenges 
that still face members of the LGBT community, especially those in countries where being homosexual is still considered an abnormality. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Julia. Yeah, good morning, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, well, yours is quite a story, so I'm going to let you start with the story. First of all, talking about the book, why you wrote the book, um, and it is a memoir. Um, So uh, let's start with the motivation for writing writing the book. Well, it, it is a memoir that means that, that the story did really happen. Um, I considered my life quite uneventful uh, and my family rather typical uh, up until five years ago when uh, I've discovered that my husband uh, was bi-curious back in his youth. That means that uh, he had a homosexual relationship with a young man in the university. Um, um, the young man uh, was a gay man, and uh, that relationship happened in Ukraine, which uh, back then was part of the Soviet Union. Uh, and when I discovered um, um, that this fact, uh, we also realized that um, the young man, who was no longer a young man, uh, who is now um, a man in his 50s, uh, spent most of his life all of his life in that country, and we, my husband and I decided to find him and try to get him out of Ukraine and to give him a chance to have a normal life in the West, and so we did. So basically, the book is about this story. It's about your reunite, you and your husband reuniting yes. with your husband's lover in college. Yes, yes. Basically, the, the the goal was to reunite with him and try to get him out of Ukraine uh, to give him a chance to have a, a normal life in the West because um, from what we know about the... Uh, I knew about the gay population in former Soviet Union republics, which Ukraine was part of, and many other countries, um, is that, that they did live in the closet all their lives. They could not come out. So we knew that about Sasha. Sasha was you know, part of, 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 of this um, community who couldn't have a normal life. So I thought we would give him a chance to have a normal life. And uh, we found him through social networks, through the uh, university um, networks, and uh, we've reconnected, and uh, we took him out of Ukraine. Well, let's, I want to backtrack a little bit. What was your relationship or what is your relationship with your husband? Did you know that he had had this relationship, that he was gay or your husband was bisexual? Or how did, I mean, was this a surprise to you or was this just something you knew about and had never um, necessarily, yes. It was a shock to me when I found out about it. It, just, it wasn't a shock that he was uh, bisexual. Uh, the, the shock was that uh, it was something that you don't expect to find out one lazy morning when you're having a cup of coffee. So, yeah. um, uh, yes, it was a bit of a shock. But then once I knew more about the story, uh, to me, it was no longer shocking. It was just an opportunity to do something for someone um, in this life. And that's, that's how the story started. Uh, it, it started as, as a great friendship between the three of us, uh, but then I happened to fall in love with, with, um, with Sasha, um, who is the protagonist in the story, and uh, it just somehow we fell into a um, polyamorous relationship. Three of us were, were in a relationship for about two years. 
All right, so you engaged in a polyamorous relationship with Sasha. Uh, yes. Okay, so first, I think we have to define, because I'm not sure that everyone understands necessarily, those who are listening, what polyamory is. So why don't you tell us or give us a definition or, or, or exactly what is that? What kind of a relationship is a polyamorous relationship? Yes, polyamorous relationship, it's um, a considered a consensual non-monogamy, uh, meaning that uh, it's a very opposite of what people usually imagine about uh, three people's relationships, because what usually people think is that, that the husband and wife are having a life together, and then a husband finds a, a girlfriend or a mistress and he's cheating on his wife, or the wife finds someone and she's cheating on her husband. Now, I, neither of the parties is aware of the situation and it just becomes a big mess. And um, polyamory is, 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 is completely different. It's when all three people um, consent to the relationship, they know about it, they usually have a house together, um, and it's, it's one family. So that's the difference. I mean, it sounds, I mean, difficult to achieve, I guess. I mean, not, it would seem to me, uh, all I can think of the word jealousy keeps coming up, but, uh, which is often very often the case that, um, sort of rears its head in, in relationships is, is jealousy and how you maintain a relationship, sort of an equal relationships amongst the three of you. And how, did you say that was for two years? It was for two years. It, it could never be equal, uh, and jealousy is constantly there. Or it kind of goes on and on, in and out of the relationship, depending on how you balance and the time that you spend with each person. It, it, it's a very delicate uh, uh, it's a structure. Uh, however, it has as much of a chance, I believe, as, as a typical, stereotypical family with, with just two two partners involved, because jealousy is always there as well, and uh, regular family challenges are there and then domestic duties and time you spend with each other. So you're pretty much going through the same, same challenges, but just with no one extra person. <laughs> All right. So same challenges, but my, I guess what I want to know is like, what are some of the positive things that would come from a relationship amongst the three of you um, that would be in addition, let's say, to what just only two people could achieve? And maybe the good and the the bad, if there's not necessarily bad, but um, because there has to be some kind of a difference. What did you get from it that you could have never have got? Let's say that you couldn't have gotten from just a monogamous relationship to people. Well, I was never looking for a, um, a polyamorous relationship. It's 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 it's, it's some couple do, do couples do decide to experiment with us. It it did not. It didn't happen like that. We've taken Sasha in. In, uh, in order to give him a chance to start life somewhere else. Obviously, we couldn't just move him from one country to another and, and, and dump him somewhere on a street where he could start on his own. So we obviously realized that our home was going to be the first place where, his first home where he would just start living a life in, um, in, in the West. And uh, uh, I fell in love with Sasha. Uh, Sasha and my husband reconnected. Uh, it was a bit difficult in, in the beginning to balance the time that we spent um, as couples because obviously it's not always three people doing things. Um, we do have family, did have family dinners, but uh, sometimes each person had needed their uh, uh, separate uh, time. 
uh, they wanted to do something on their own. And then plus Sasha wanted to spend some time with, with my husband or um, um, I wanted to spend some time with my husband separately. So uh, uh, it took some time to balance it. And uh, once the balance was achieved, uh, I guess the more the merrier. Sometimes it's just it, it's more fun when there are three people, like-minded people, uh, who enjoy spending time with each other. Uh, our dinners uh, took us all the way till 5 o'clock in the morning because we just couldn't stop talking about everything uh, to the moon, you know, from politics to linguistics to cultural issues and so on. It's, I guess that's, that's the resume. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, dynamic, uh, vibrant. <clears throat> you have many couples sitting and you're talking about talking till 5 o'clock in the morning. Many couples can't think of anything to say over dinner for half an hour. Well, so. exactly, exactly. It's all about chemistry. It's chemistry, when I say chemistry, I don't mean just sexual chemistry. I, I, I'm talking more about the emotional chemistry because I think that takes precedence um, um, above all. Uh, if, if, if your minds connect, uh, then everything else just follows. So what was the response of family, your individual families or even friends or, you know, colleagues? Uh, Because obviously you were out there and uh, you were a, uh, not a couple, but a threesome in lots of different ways. And uh, so you must have gotten feedback, obviously, from all of those people in your environment. What did they have to say or how did they react? How did they respond? Well, not many people knew the whole story. Uh, for many people, uh, for many people who are not very close to us, he was just a, an old friend, school, a university friend who came to visit and stayed for some time. So not everybody had to know the whole situation. And there were obviously some close friends and family who knew about it. And uh, once they got, you know, obviously, you always deal with a bit of a shock at first because no, nobody is expecting anything like this. Uh, but once they get to know what's going on and if, if they love you and accept you, um, then they would accept your partner or two of them in that case. So in, in a sense, um, uh, some, you basically choose very carefully who you share it with. Uh, uh, if you have an open-minded family member, like my mother, for example, in, in case with my mother, uh, she was absolutely accepting of the fact, but, uh, with my husband's parents, we just didn't tell them. So that was easy. Yeah. So you pick and choose who you're going to be, share your intimate life with, and, and uh, otherwise, and you don't say anything to those you don't feel are going to be accepting. What about now, Sasha? Obviously, I mean, the title of the book is um, 67 Letters to Sasha. So, and in those 67 letters, you uh, document, I guess, the challenges that really faced the LGBT community, particularly where, uh, and where he was from, and uh, he was leading this secret life, which was obviously detrimental to him in many ways. Let's talk about that. What, um, I mean, he had a very painful existence where in the Ukraine. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, as many heterosexual people, um, obviously I knew about the LGBT community and I knew about challenges that people had in other parts of the world. But if uh, that's something that's not close to you, if it's uh, not affecting uh, any of your family members or your close friends, you don't usually pay attention to it. So my life, much, most of my life, I've, I've never really given it a second thought. 
until Sasha came into her life. And that's when I became curious and I started investigating the issues in uh, uh, gay communities uh, around the world. I, I did my research and I found out um, that their lives were, lives were quite challenging. Um, and in some countries, they're almost impossible. And Ukraine and Soviet Union was one of them. Um, so that was a necessary bit to, in order to realize what Sasha was going through. Because by the time he moved in with us, he was a broken man. Uh, he spent all of his life in the closet. He was forced to um, uh, uh, marry a woman and to lead a, a normal, quote-unquote, heterosexual life, produce children, uh, go to work, socialize. Basically, uh, uh, he was forced to lead a life as a heterosexual, uh, so all his homosexual uh, affairs were uh, uh, were happening discreetly. And um, it, it sounds uh, not as painful as it is, because when, when you have to separate your sexual identity from your social identity, it, it and when you do it for many years, um, it becomes extremely difficult to reconcile the two once you're given the freedom. Uh, basically, we always think that, oh, let's go and save that such and such person. So let's fly to Ukraine, Kiev, grab Sasha, bring him back to London or New York, set him free, and then the next morning Sasha wakes up a happy, happy man. It doesn't happen like this. Um, he, he was a damaged man, basically, when he woke up, let's say, the next morning, and he knew that he could go out and have a normal life. He said, well, I don't know how. To the point where... Yeah. So, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. Yeah, he couldn't go out. He could, didn't wake up the next morning, I'm free, and now I'm free to be normal, and no, that's it. No, yeah. no, he didn't know what to do with his freedom. He just didn't know what to do with it. So he was with us as a family. However, my goal was not make him part of the uh, threesome, if you can call it that way. My goal was to bring him to the United States or to England, we shared our lives between two countries, and tell him that he's free to um, uh, find a partner and build a life for himself. Unfortunately, when we tell it to a 55-year-old who spent most of his life in the closet, he just can't, he can't do it. So he, that's why he stayed with us. He stayed with us for two years. And after two years, he said, you know what? I don't think I can do it anymore. I think I have to go back to my previous life. When he decided to go back to Ukraine, straight back to, to the life that he hated so much and he, he, he was suffering from, to me, it was a huge shock. I couldn't believe that I couldn't save um, him and I couldn't, and I put everything that I've tried to give him a new chance of life. He just said no to it, and and I went back home. And that's when I, I it was to me it was so painful that um, I didn't know how else to express my pain, but just to write to him. So and, and that's how book came about. And now, Sasha, I mean, what was the, maybe before I ask this question, what Specifically, and because you were with him for a substantial amount of time, like what was he wrestling with? I mean, what were his fears? I mean, obviously, in in, in the UK, Ukraine and Russia, there are really political kinds of things, legal kinds of things. You really can uh, be destroyed. But emotionally, what was he struggling with here? Like, what was his inability, I guess, to let go and to allow himself to be free? He just couldn't do that. 
couple issues. First of all, he's ha- he has grown children. He still has living parents. Uh, he said that he could never, ever come out uh, with his family. He could not tell his parents about who he really is. No, he could tell his grown children. So to him, it was one of the main obstacles. The second one, he was embarrassed of who he was. No matter how many times they told him that it's absolutely normal to be homosexual, he awoke that he was born that way and there is nothing that he can do about it. There is no way he could change that. He still was embarrassed about that fact. He, 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 he felt that he, there was something off about him, that he, he was born the wrong way. Um, and uh, no, nothing, nothing could, could persuade him otherwise. He still believed that, that uh, he just was a very unlucky person to be born that way and then he wished that he was born that way. And when he left and he went back, what kind of a connection have you had with him since? Uh, we've had a very frequent connection. My husband and him, they continue to connect uh, through the Internet and on the phone. Uh, him and I, we fell out for some time, and uh, it, I, we just couldn't, re- couldn't reconcile what happened. And he was a little bit angry. I was a little bit angry. So for a while, we didn't communicate. Um, and and why, 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 why were you, and why were you angry? Because did you feel that you had failed? Like you were supposed to be, you were the rescuer and it didn't work. Why were you angry at him? And why was he angry at you? I was angry at myself and me, and I was angry at him for not accepting a, a, a chance at, at, at coming out and at leading a, a normal life. And I was happy. I was angry at myself for falling in love with him and for uh, dedicating, uh, let's say, two years of my life of trying to to help him out. I guess that was the issue. And I was uh, mostly, it wasn't angry, it was the devastation of losing him. That's, that's what was the main thing. And your, but he wasn't your, your husband. Obviously, it was a different relationship. He didn't feel that way, or he didn't have the same stake in helping uh, Sasha as you did, I guess, or he had a different, just a different kind of a connection. We had a very different connection because he, my husband and him, they were mainly um, lovers, and uh, their relationship was less complicated by uh, politics, let's say, and um, issues like happiness and uh, fulfillment. Uh, it was a much easier relationship, let's say, and, and with me and him, it was complicated by the fact that he... I was trying to save him. I was trying to help him. I was trying to do something different in this world, and I was in love with him at the same time. So, yes, you can't compare those relationships at all. They were very, very different. So it was a bit easier on my husband um, when Sasha left. He was also quite devastated, but it it, it didn't touch him as much as as it touched me. He accepted it as a way of life. He just said, well, that's it how he was meant to live his life, and I guess it's too late, and let's just let him continue uh, the way he is. And, and I could never accept failure, and I, 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 I couldn't accept it. We couldn't change it. So, well, it Julia, how did that affect you and your husband? How did that affect your relationship? Because once he left, I mean, because 
then it, obviously him leaving has an impact, that loss on both of you and a loss on, you know, you're back together as a, as a couple. Um, how did, how did that affect you? How did that impact on your relationship with your husband, his leaving, Sasha's leaving? It was, as, as, as it was difficult to adjust to the life of three of us, it's the same way I'd say it was a bit difficult to adjust to, um, to the two of us. Uh, being together again, we were mourning Sasha for some time. Each of us was doing it in 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 a, in a different way, um, but at the same time, we could help each other because we could talk. Um, I just can't imagine the, the 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 what Sasha was going through because he couldn't even talk to anyone about whatever happened to him. Um, so it was much more difficult for him. My husband and I were very good friends, and it made us even better friends. So for us. Uh, it was much easier. It did bring us together because we, we, we discovered things about each other that we never would have discovered if, if, if Sasha didn't enter our life. So I would say that Sasha's presence in our lives was only beneficial to our relationship. And, and probably this will be the last question because we only have a couple minutes left, but that's well, how now has how is that? And then this is sort of how. What's been the impact for you in terms of what you do as a writer, as as a poet, um, in your profession? Um, has it changed the way, obviously, you know, politically that you see things in terms of the LBG community? Are you LGBT community? Are you involved? Are you politically involved Very here? Much. In, very yeah. much. I'm very much involved, and then it's, it's very. Uh, it was very unusual for me to be to be involved because that's a cause that I never imagined myself uh, being involved with. I'm involved with many causes, including refugees. But it's it, it's easier to imagine yourself with with helping refugee children. But uh, pe- people do ra- raise their eyebrows when they when they see a straight woman. Um, uh, interested in 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 in, in their issues. So you know here. You have to come with a story explaining to them why. Um, yes, it made me very uh, interested in the topic and made me very passionate about LGBT rights. I've, I've written many articles and I've, I've spoken for many organizations since. And uh, as my writing, uh, with my writing, I'd say I did, I did produce quite a bit of poetry um, since then, uh, and I am thinking about continuing the memoir, but making it less of a memoir and more of a, um, 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 I would say, a, a political and psychological uh, research. Mm-hmm. Although, if well, you are doing, my, uh, I hate to, yeah, and I have to interrupt you because we do have to end the show. But and I do want to mention the book. Again, because it's been a pleasure. It's been great talking to you. A very, very obviously interesting topic. Great book. Um, author and poet, Julia Fox. And then there were three 67 Letters to Sasha. You can buy it, I assume, on Amazon and at bookstores. Yes. And yeah. Okay, great. Barnes and Noble um, and everywhere else. Thank you so much, Catherine. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, I'm Catherine Thank Zox, you. your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show on VoiceAmericaVariety.com and World Talk Radio. Have a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zock Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. 
Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. 